Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Real with Jordan Dimmy. Dimmy is out today. It's just me. And today I have Leah Kate. What's going on? What's up? Just got back from a six week tour and writing trip. This is my first morning back in LA, sitting on the floor of my studio. I don't know why I've chosen the floor, but welcome to my floor. How's it feel? How's it feel to be back in LA? So weird. I like keep waking up in the middle of the night being like, where am I? Like, I think I'm maybe in a new city or something on tour. And it's just, it's weird. It's like, I dream about tourists still. And I think I'm waking up and like, you're up and I'm like, whoa, I'm not. <laughs> so it's definitely yeah. weird. I saw your last Instagram post. It was like, just a, like a collage of photos from the tour. Yep. Uh, super nostalgic this morning, not missing tour at all. Looking at all the Polaroids. All the Polaroids. Nice. Nice. So we'll talk about that tour in a little bit, but first we want to get to Hangout Festival, which you're playing on May 21st, you're on the same night as Halsey and Doja Cat are the headliners on your day. So first of all, have you done m many festival gigs in the past? Nope. This is pretty much my first one. I'm so excited. I'm playing on the main stage, which I've definitely never done before. Um, I can't wait. It's it's pretty much, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to consider this my first music festival and I'm stoked <laughs> and this is in gold shores alabama and i like i like i love the i'm a big like aesthetics guy and i think the the art for this is really cool how they made like the poster look like a tourist like airbrush thing i think it's really cool how did you get put into this out of all the festivals how did you get end up on this bill um i think uh probably what happened is uh, my song 10 things i hate about you started exploding and then all of a sudden I had all of these shows booked and I was like, okay, cool. And my agents were like, we booked you on hangout festival. I was in Amsterdam about to go to bed when they told me and I was like, let's go. So I think it just happened with like everything that's been going on. Um, you know, I've been asked to do more shows, which I'm so excited about. Uh, so yeah, yeah I went down. Yeah. And 10 things to hate about you has just gone nuts. I mean, it hadn't been out that long. I mean, you released it this year, what, like a couple months ago or something. Oh, Ago. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because you had kind of had some rock elements to your music before. Um, like the FU anthem was was like a rock song. But I feel like this, you know, this this single and Dear Denny, which preceded it, are very much, you know, rock songs. So what what prompted that that, that real like hard turn into rock? Um, I always just loved guitar driven songs and I brought it, you know, elements into it, into my earlier music, but I was just ready for like a shift last year. And so I, I wrote this song Calabasas that started as like a pop disco song. And I was like, I feel like this needs like heavy guitars. Like I just like, I mean, I, I grew up on, you know, this kind of music and, and love it. So I, I sung the acapella over like this rock song just to like, feel out the vibe and took a voice note and I sent it to my producer and I was like, take this in that direction. This sounds so fire. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And then Dear Denny. Yeah, I mean, definitely is super. That one's a rock anthem for sure. It just, yeah. So it kind of uh, just, yeah, I mean, happened, but that's my favorite type of music and the music I kind of grew up on. And, you know, I'm so excited about the resurgence of that yeah. and just, you know, love bringing elements of guitars uh, back into my songs. Cause so. I think about you're, you're what, like 26, 27. So this kind of music, the early two thousands, like pop punk stuff 
was big when you were like a real little kid. So do you still have it kind of like in your subconscious? Like when you're, do you remember the first wave of that? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And I wouldn't consider my music to be like pop punk, but I, I grew up like loving pop punk and, and rock. right. And that's why I wanted to talk about too, is the style, because I feel like, you know, there's a whole like rock coming back thing. And I feel like everyone kind of the first step was to do that kind of pop punk power chords, but specifically, um, uh, 10 things I hate about you has more of a grunge feel has more of like a mid nineties feel more of a, a, uh, like a, a post grunge kind of mm -hmm. feel. Um, so I know from a production standpoint, how do you land on the right guitar sound you're looking for? Right. Um, I guess through just like references and stuff when we were in the studio making that song that day, um, I was in with, with Mike, my producer who also produced FU Anthem. And I was just like, let's make an FU Anthem part two. It's like about the same person, yeah. same story, same everything. I was like, this song is working. FU Anthem was exploding at the time on TikTok. And I was like, all right, let's, let's recreate this. People are liking this. Uh, let's do it again. And then you know, we landed on 10 things I hate about you. And I was like, I want it to be in the similar like pop rock anthemic lane. Um, and we just kind of wrote it. And now here we are a few weeks later and it's one of the biggest songs in the world. So I'm like, okay, maybe people are liking it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's great. Um, so is this indicative of, I'm assuming there's like an EP or an album coming down the pike. Is this kind of indicative of the sound you're going, you're, are you going to have like, like a full like rock album coming out? Yeah, I would definitely say a lot of the songs are pop, rock, anthemic bangers um, yeah. in a similar lane. You know, some songs venture off a bit, but it's in the same world. So if you like 10 Things I Hate About You, you're hopefully going to like the new music too. <laughs> and so and you just gotten off a tour. Mm -hmm. um, and what was that whole situation like? I mean, over in Europe and all this stuff. What was that experience like? And you were you're you're doing these shows as Ten Things I Hate About You was growing online. So was it like audiences were like singing it back louder and louder as the tour went on? It was the craziest experience of my life. Like every night, you could hear the crowds get louder and louder, and more and more phones would go up, and the screaming would get louder before I even introduced the song. I would be like, "So I wrote this list once," and like when I just say the word "list," it's like the whole crowd is screaming so loud I would have to stop and just wow. it's like end and it like you would see it becoming more and more of a this like cultural moment every single night it, the intensity just like got bigger and bigger and it was so crazy to watch I mean being on your first tour is one thing your first European tour is another thing and then having your first song really like go all at the same time while not sleeping and being on the road every day. I mean, it was just another level. It was absolutely insane, but it was the best five weeks of my life. So it was. And, and you're touring with Madison beer and who is huge, yeah. like just a huge following. So did you, what did you learn from her interaction? Like, you know, like what was that? Did you guys bond? Like what was that experience like touring with Madison beer? Oh my God. It was incredible. She's amazing. We became super close. Uh, would hang out in her dressing room and stuff before the show. She was so supportive. Like I couldn't have asked for a better first tour. She was just incredible. The best, like so humble and cool and supportive. Like, you know, tour is like a lot. There are days where I was like, I'm losing my voice. Like, I don't know if I can sing. <laughs> um, and, you know, she would give me pointers on like what to do to, you know, help 
get your voice back and just little things. She was amazing and her fans are incredible. So I'm so grateful that that was my first tour. I feel so lucky to have opened for her. She's so talented and her show is amazing. And um, did you get to enjoy Europe at all? Did you have like off days where you could actually like go do stuff? No, because on the days off, I was like, I'm dead. I'm laying in bed all day. <laughs> Literally, you can find me in my bed with the curtains closed. Uh, There's obviously a couple of days where I'd like go out to a lunch or whatever, but I was so tired on the days off that because we did a lot of shows in a row there, you know, we would do four, four nights in a row sometimes. And that is crazy in reflection. Um, so, yeah, I did. I wouldn't consider it a Euro trip. It was really just like travel, you know, wake up drive to the venue, sound check, hair, makeup, <laughs> pictures, show, go to the hotel, sleep a few hours, do it again. So I wouldn't call it a Euro trip, but it was still amazing just being in Europe and the feel and the energy and, you know, the drives. But yeah, I wasn't being too much of a tourist this time. And I know that you're a prolific um, songwriter in terms of you're always like coming up, you're always doing voice memos, you're always like thinking of new songs and melodies stuff like that do you write much did you get to write much on the road were you like on you know in the hotel at night like giving yourself voice memos or did you like completely forget about that while you were performing i would say like i started a lot of ideas where i just was writing thoughts and voice memos down but i did not write one song on the tour because i would get home and i was just so tired i didn't even call my mom or anyone i was just like i just want to go to bed after the show so i wasn't um there's a lot of things I didn't get to do while I was on the tour. Uh, I started just, you know, I'm always writing down lyrics and, and ideas and, and little melody things I have. Um, but I, I, it wasn't like a writing trip for me just because it was so busy. And then after the show, I'd be like, okay, I need to go on vocal rest now. So singing and writing, it was hard to squeeze it in um, because you're just trying to save all of your energy to put on the best show possible. Uh, but now that I'm back, I've been on a, a writing grind. I've, ton I've written like eight songs since I've been back. So <laughs> back at it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going back out on tour later in the summer with Chase Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Um, is, is, do you feel like you're going to have more, do you, like, do you think that tour is going to be like more chill or like you're going to have more time to do what you want because you had like the, the, the previous European tour, which will be so much harder than just touring around the U S you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think U.S. will be a breeze compared to Europe. I'm also getting a proper tour bus this time. So I'll be able to oh, sleep nice. in one place, not carry like 17 suitcases into a hotel every night, switching places all the time. Uh, you know, the time zone, that will be easier. I think everything in my band was like, U.S. is going to be a breeze compared to this. So I think it's going to be a lot easier. Um, yeah, I really didn't like the Sprinter bus. I won't lie. Like we had this tiny little van that we drove throughout Europe in with no air conditioning. So I think just eliminating that will make it a little <laughs> easier. But yeah. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be so much fun. Will you remember wait. it fondly in 20 years? You'll be like, remember that first tour with the sweaty van in Europe? You know, it'll right? be it'll be it'll be a fun story. Totally. Um, Everyone has to go through like a shitty first tour experience where you have you're on a serious budget and you live off of like gas station Turkey and your band doesn't have Wi-Fi or air conditioning. Well, wow. yeah. Well, wow. and you're like, and you said you're like pretty jet lagged right now. Oh yeah. I'm on 30 time zones at the moment. I don't even know where I am. I'm like in the ocean somewhere lost <laughs> floating around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
I know that you've been releasing music for four or five years now, but it's really been the last two where you've really like hit the gas and made stuff that you really, I know that your brother has helped you out. Can you tell me about like that relationship? And, and was he like, was he like calling up like, sis, I can help you with this music. Let's do this now. Like how did that singer producer writer partnership, how did that whole thing come together with you and your brother? Like when we were, so young we started working on music he was like 10 I was 13 and he and I like took drum lessons together and um he started messing around on garage band just making beats and I would like be like okay let me freestyle some melodies over this and then we started writing songs and um our parents built this little in-home studio in our house growing up and we just made music forever growing up um it was just what we did in our free time and He's super talented. He's he's amazing. Um, and then, yeah, it took me a while to like really start releasing because I just wasn't sure what kind of music I wanted to put out or what my sound was going to be. And I was like afraid of what people would think. And I wanted to like, you know, I didn't have that much support around me. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just had to hustle and figure it out on my own. So um, it did take me some time. I probably started releasing like four or five years ago. Um but it was something that's been in the works like my whole life since I was a kid. Did you grow up like, I know that you, you were, you're doing music early, but did you, um, what's your instrumentation background? You, do you play piano when you were a little kid? Like what did you kind of yeah. first start on? Yeah, I started on piano as like a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> my mom put me in lessons. I took drums. I think everyone's mom puts them in piano lessons right? at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay. It's like learn how to feed yourself, learn how to tie your shoes. Okay. Now yeah. you're playing piano. Play piano. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and yeah, I grew up just around a ton of music. My, my dad works in the radio business. So I was always like, he was super into like folk music and just, I was around so much music. My aunts are both singer songwriters. Uh, my uncle like played clarinet. My, one of my grandpas was a singer. So I was around so much music and so many musical people. So I think it was just like, yeah, I started singing before I could even speak. So it was just always what I loved. Music, the music you, uh, you released, you know, before this last wave and, you know, from, you know, 10, 2020, 2021, it was more pop oriented when you started making that kind of music, what was your goal? You know, like, did you want to be, did you envision yourself being like a pop singer or did you always wanted to be kind of a genreless, like whatever music is, is the way to go? Or was there like a moment you're like, I want to be Dua Lipa, you know? I I, yeah. I was always like, I want to be the biggest pop star in the world. <laughs> um, so that was always how I had my, what I had my eyes on. I was like, I want to sell out stadiums and just yeah. Yeah. Go. And so that was always the goal. <laughs> um, yeah. What did you listen to when you were, because to me, when like middle school is like the real like form, forming years, formative years when it comes to music, because that's when you first kind of go off. When you're a little kid, you listen to like whatever's on the radio, whatever your parents are playing. But middle school is like the, where you like find your musical identity. So in that period, when what kind of music did you latch on to? Yeah. Um, I like, Gwen, No Doubt, Avril, Green Day, Blake 182. Those were like favorites. Um, yeah, and definitely had a big like in, impact on on the music I make. And and yeah, I would say that was like those were the vibes in the middle school days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you get into? Um, so, but you listened to a little bit of rock. So you were like you were like straddling the rock and the pop worlds when you were a kid. 
Yeah, I listen to so much. I mean, my dad even had this like country music folk show where I would like help him. I would go on the radio with him and like he did it for fun. Um, <laughs> just like on the side, he had a fake name and would, was the the radio host of this country music show. Um, so I dabbled a bit in that. I was kind of all over the place. Um and so, yeah. Do you do you dig country at all, or did you dig country at all? You're like I, you're of like the the Taylor Swift generation. Did you? Uh, I love Taylor. How could you not? She's always an inspo. Lear yeah, yeah. So so talented. I I love her. A huge fan. <laughs> I so you like a lot of people coming up right now. You blew up on TikTok. Your like TikTok's following is huge, and that's kind of what helped catapult to you to where you are. Have you always enjoyed TikTok or was it more of a chore? Like I have to do this song. I have to do this video to get the content out there where you like naturally into it. At first, when it was starting to pop off in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh my God, what is this new outlet that I have to get on apparently? Um, yeah. And so it was, when I didn't know how to work it, it was really annoying to me. I was like, I hate that there's another thing. But now it's like my favorite app and I go on it all the time. And I love it because like, I don't feel pressure to be anyone or do anything that's just not authentic to me. I just go on and I make my videos. I don't think about them. I just do what's on my mind. And like, it can be like, it's like the goofiest version of myself. I feel like there's no filter on TikTok. You know, I just put something out and if it's, if people like it, they like it. If they hate it, they'll hate it. And it's just like the beauty of TikTok. If something's meant to be heard or found by someone, it will be. So I love it now because it's just like so easy. And I don't, I don't think about it. I'm like, all right, this is what I want to say. I'm going to say it. And if, 30 million people love it, then great. If a hundred people love it, great. Cool. I'm glad I fed those a hundred people of content they like. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get your opinion on something. You know, there's this trend now. It's not really a trend. It's just something that happens on TikTok when people write a song about someone and they reveal the song to them, like in the car or whatever. Oh yeah. Do you think that's, do you think that's cool or do you think it's corny? Hmm. I never know if it's like real or not. So I, yeah. I right. That's yeah, what my like, question is. Yeah. I'm like, is it corny? Is it even real? Because that's like bold and like, you have to be ballsy to be like, Hey, right on this camera. Hold on. And I wrote this song about you. So yeah. You wrote a song about them is like really hard. And I know that a lot of people and, and guys specifically know my songs are about them, but it's, you know, I don't, I'm not always like, Hey, let's take a video in my car and I'll tell you, this is about you. I'm just like, I'll figure it out on their own. So I don't know if it's, yeah. I mean, it's, if it's real, then like, that's amazing. Um, if not great marketing tactic and I'm all here for it. So, yeah. Cause my thing was, I, 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 the ones that are like where someone's confessing to a crush that they have a crush on them through a song. I'm just like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, is it real? I, um, I've definitely done crazy things for videos, like texted exes or people lyrics of songs. So I am, you know, I get it, but yeah, I wonder, you know, I see those videos a lot. I'm like, maybe I should try that. That's yeah. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you enjoy, I know that first of all, you have a dope aesthetic. It's sort of like hot topic, like on steroids meets Britney Spears kind of vibe, like your stage costumes. Where right. does that aesthetic come from? How did you kind of, especially now that you had this tour to really like show off some dope costumes and like, you know, really explore that whole world. So where did that aesthetic come from? Yeah. I mean, fashion has always been such like a big part of everything for me. I actually 
used to want to be a fashion designer also. So I love fashion and putting together outfits. Um, I worked really closely with my stylist to make sure all of the fits like were cohesive but different. So we wanted to incorporate just lots of like fishnets and like arm wraps and mini skirts and plaids and like kind of channel like Gwen Stefani vibes. Yeah, um, there's also kind of a Vivian Westwood kind of angle to it. Yeah, 100%. So like putting together the looks for this was so much fun. And I loved every single fit of mine. I have like all the pictures here. <laughs> um, but just like, I don't know, there was always kind of like a fishnet moment. Can you see this or probably not? Yeah, let me. Yeah, exactly. Like I always wore these fishnets under everything um, or like a mesh top or like, I, I, I didn't want it to be like normal fits, you know, like I wear like bras over t-shirts or like, you know, like fishnets coming up too high. Like I wanted to have like a spice to it um, like this. Like I wore like a bra over a white tank top. You know, it's obviously not like traditionally how yeah, you Yeah, and it's not something you would like go to Starbucks. And, Definitely you know. not. Not the, and I'm all about like sweatpants and wearing like comfy clothes all the time. So I would not wear that to Starbucks. Um, but like, yeah, just cool, like nostalgic-y fishnet vibes um and yeah it was so fun putting them together people the fans loved the fits they started wearing things like fishnets and mini skirts and you know just like how they started dressing like me when they would come to the show so i thought that was really cool yeah that's that's the whole wild aspect to it because you talk about gwen stefani like gwen stefani is most influential like girls coming to concerts dressed like her especially like in the, the no doubt days with the the crop tops and the low-rise jeans and stuff um, yeah. So that is that that's got to be surreal to see. Like you got to feel like you're doing something right when people imitate your your style. You know, hundred percent. I'm like, oh wow, you guys like what I'm doing? Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> so will a July tour be a completely different look, or are you going to make it kind of continuous? It's going to be like similar but elevated. I'm still going to be in the same vibe for sure, but I want to you know spice it up a little bit. You know, add. I won't be wearing any of these same pieces. It's going to be all new and elevated a little but the same i because i just like i don't know i feel like i feel like me when i wear these fits you know it feels like i should be singing what i'm singing when i wear this like this is how i feel the most me right now so i'm gonna stay me you know elevate it make it different new tour new fits new new pieces yeah. same world you know they have uh albums you can put those polaroids in you don't have to keep them in a plastic bag yeah this is so not okay i need to figure <laughs> out please yeah we can get one <laughs> yeah 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 go on amazon they have because i used i used to do a lot of i'm a music photographer that's how i got started in this like pop okay. dust stuff and so uh um i i do all of me, the photos and videos for pop dust and and um i used to shoot a lot of instant film and i have a whole like you know library of that stuff um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So you mentioned, you know, that you're like, you're, you're back home. I can see the little studio set up, the home studio set up behind you with the, you got the monitors um, and the keyboards, the guitars. Are you like, cause you have, I get, are you basically just um, home for the next 10 days or so before you do the festival or what are your, what are your plans? You got to rest and then are you going to try to get some stuff recorded? Yeah. I mean, I spent the last week writing and recording in Toronto with the crew. I wrote 10 things I hate about you with these next two weeks before I leave are insane. So resting's not in the cards, but, um, I, yeah, I'm just like so busy right now, recording, writing, have a music video on Friday, finishing up music, tons of press. Um, 
times are definitely very crazy and it's very, very fast right now, but I love it. I'm, you know, just doing what I love. So I'm really grateful that I get to do all of this. Um, but yeah, I would say resting is not on the top of the list. <laughs> well, I hope that you at least get to, you know, catch up with friends, go out for a drink or something like yeah. that. Um, you're, you're from LA, right? Yeah. Born and raised here. And then you moved to New York for four or five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you want to get out of that New York trip and why did you return to LA? I feel like I subconsciously needed to go like ruin my life somewhere and like get out of my comfort zone and not have any family pressure. You know, it was hard getting like support from people to, to pursue music. So I was like, I'm just going to leave and no one can say shit to me and I can go just do whatever I want and go out. And I think you have to like hit a low point to get to your high point. And New York was definitely that for me. And I think I needed that. I think I was like sick of the same old thing in LA and I just needed to get out and like learn what not to do and how not to live my life. And it was great because I got a lot of song content from or inspo from that, from those times, um, grew up a lot, learned who not to be and who I want to be and what I want to do. And, you know, so I think New York was, it's crazy living in New York as a young person while you're growing up in such a crazy city. So New York was a lot of learning for me, but I'm, you know, it was the best time of my life. And I, yeah, I learned so much living there, but I just really ne needed to take a leap of faith and go just like lose my mind, come back, get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been back and forth. I, I lived in New York for five years and I moved out here in February. So I'm new, I'm newish to LA and I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss New York when the summer hits. New York summers are like the best. The best, right? Such good energy. Yeah, because everyone's so grateful to be able to go outside and not have it be twenty degrees and mm -hmm. the wind blowing off the off the uh, off the river and stuff. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that you that like exes inspire your music. Do you ever have contact with the guys that you mention in your songs, or is it like completely shut off where you have no idea how, what they think? Oh my God. So there's some that still contact me and then there's some that are just like blocked and I'll never talk to again. There's, you know, it, <laughs> there's, there's a few of them. So yeah, some I still talk to and we're friends. Some hate me. Some never want anything to do with me again. Some want me back. You know, there's a variety of different kinds of exes and <laughs> they've all made their way into my songs in one way or another. And they probably know that. And then there's the guys who are like, Thanks for writing this song about me. And I'm like, okay, it wasn't even about you, relax. Um, so <laughs> there's all kinds of guys that I've dated that are just always creep their way back in somehow. But yeah, I would say those are like the types of exes I deal with. <laughs> yeah. And now, but now you have that Taylor Swift thing going on where you're big enough to where when you start dating someone, they're going to be like, am I going to end up in a song someday? Right. Like, you know, it's scary out there. Don't, don't mess with me or else your name is going to end up in a song title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you're not writing music, like your is your family and your family's in LA, I guess still, your parents? Yeah, everyone's here. Are you pretty close to them? I mean, how much uh, you know, do you how much time do you spend? Are you a friends and family cuz that, that's like the when the when the you know, you're not making music, people are like, you know, I spend time with my friends. Do you really do that or do you actually like spend a lot of time with your with your friends and with your with your parents especially? I'm like, I hang out more with my mom and dad and family than like any friends or anyone. I'm such like a homebody and, and love my family so much. I spend too much time with them. So yeah, I mean, we have like dinner together every Sunday night. I 
I, I love my family. I hang out with them all the time. So spend too much time with them. <laughs> do you, two questions about your friends. Yeah. First, do they offer you ideas for songs? They like, Hey, you know, what? you should do a song about this. Do you, oh, do you ever get that? I love getting inspo from my friends who like have insane dating drama. Um, nice. because, yeah. So there's my one friend, I won't name drop her, but she is so funny. She just like cracks me up everything. Every story she ever has with a guy is like insane. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've written songs about her experiences before. Um, cause they're just so next level. Um, so I love finding inspo. Most of my songs are pretty much just about my life, but I've definitely written about other friends' experiences. If they're if they're crazy enough, I'm like, oh my god, that needs to be a song that's next level. And what do you listen? What are you listening to right now? Do you have anything that you're like? Is you because that's always kind of the the standard music question is like, what were you bumping in the tour bus kind of thing? You know, in the in the Sprinter van. Right. I think in the Sprinter van was a lot of like 1975 because I was trying to like get in the van, like relax, just like have good vibes. Sleep. Road trip music. Road trip music. A lot of calm app in my ears, like peaceful sounds where I'm just like tuning out of the world for a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, we will let you go. We really appreciate um, uh, you hanging out with us and we wish you luck on the hangout fest and the tour coming up. Um, do you have any singles coming out? Let's talk about that. Do you have any, what's the next music release situation? So I'm definitely going to be dropping a single in the next couple of months, kind of deciding which one's coming next right now. So I'll be teasing a lot on my TikTok or around town. Um, but yes, music will be coming very soon. Not sure which the next single is going to be yet, but I know it's going to be soon. Oh, the last thing I really wanted to ask you about was you had started out, you'd released a bunch of stuff independently mm -hmm. and now you're on 10 K, which is like a uh, uh, kind of an indie label here in LA. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose that label um, instead of trying to go for the majors right out of the gate? Cause it's not really, I feel like there's a lot, especially in, in the, I know that you're leaning towards rock, but you're sort of, you know, you're, you're like a pop star kind of person. And mm -hmm. I think you're like, go completely independent or go to a major and you kind of split the difference. So why did you go in that direction? Because like the team at 10 K I just think is so brilliant. And so it was really them. Um, Cause I wanted to sign with the people I also felt most connected to and who were so passionate about my project and they're all so smart and just incredible that I, I loved the team. Um, and I think it's cool to just be a bigger fish in a smaller pond than like at a major, major label where there's like, the biggest artists in the world, you know, and thousands of artists. So I thought this was a, a really good home for me and I'm so excited. I love the team. They're so incredible and passionate and working so hard. And I'm so grateful to have such an insane team around me. It's like, I can't even believe it sometimes. And was 10 things hey about you or uh dear Denny, was that the very start of the 10 K or 10 things was 10 things was so you've only had that one single out on 10 K. Wow. And yeah. that's the one that, so like so far, so good, right? So far, so good. They're crushing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, we wish you the best and we will look out for you on tour uh, this summer. Yay. Come to a show. Let me know if you're ever in a city. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk yeah. to you later. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was Leah Kate. Her new single, 10 Things I Hate About You, is out now, playing Hangout Fest on May 21st and on tour uh, this July. Thank you for watching and listening to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. 
Demi will be back the next episode. Until then, you can catch past episodes on uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. And of course, listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you later.